0: And that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Trusting ourselves in the potter's hands, remembering that we are the clay and he is indeed the potter. Our scripture this morning is found in the Old Testament in uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. Jeremiah 18, 1 through 11. Hear these words now. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, go down to the potter's shop and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me and found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out the way he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. "O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to his clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand. If I announce that a certain nation or kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, and destroyed, but then that nation renounces its evil ways, I will not destroy it as I had planned. And if I announce that I will plant and build up a certain nation or kingdom, but then that nation turns to evil and refuses to obey me, I will not bless it as I said I would. Therefore, Jeremiah, go and warn all of Judah and Jerusalem. Say to them, this is what the Lord says. I'm planning disaster for you instead of good. So turn from your evil ways, each of you, and do what is right. This, my brothers and sisters, is the word of God for all of God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we are grateful for your word that we can learn from, even thousands of years after it was written. So Lord, we ask you to meditate or to be in our place, in our midst as we meditate in this place, as we ponder the words presented by the prophet and its meaning for us today. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, our rock and redeemer. It's in the name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Well, a few years ago, maybe twenty fifteen or so, twenty sixteen, maybe. Um, the opening worship service at annual conference. The guest preacher was now Bishop Sharma Lewis, who is serving in the Virginia Annual Conference. At the time, she was a district superintendent in the North Georgia Conference, and a good friend of Bishop Swanson, so he uh, he had asked her to come and preach at annual conference that year. During the sermon, or as she preached the sermon, the title of it was the same one that I've used today, that God uses cracked pots. And I believe that she may have even used this um, passage of Jeremiah as as her text that day. But she didn't only preach on God being the potter and us being the clay, she took it a step further. She, she wanted us to really grasp the meaning of these words and the meaning of what she was presenting to us that day. So just to the side of the stage, she actually had a local potter from the Jackson area, and I, his name escapes me, but he was a very talented man, I could tell. But he was set off to the stage side of the stage with a spotlight on him so we could see him working. He was actually throwing clay on his wheel as Bishop Lewis was preaching. And I have to be honest, I found myself watching this man work the clay and making, I believe it was a bowl. I found myself watching him more than honestly I was looking at Bishop Lewis. And I'll never forget that at one point as he was taking this lump of clay and as from what I could tell was making it into this beautiful bowl and seeing him work with his hands and use the tools and apply water just so that, so that the clay would remain pliable and workable. I'll never forget how mesmerizing that was. But at some point, and I don't know if this was a planned thing or totally unintentional, maybe a God thing as we like to say. He did, in fact, make a mistake. Something, something in the design wasn't going the way he wanted it to go. So as I'm sitting there watching him, I remember him taking this bowl, this thing that was taking the shape of a bowl, and he crumbled it up. And he put it back as a lump of clay. And then he put it back on his wheel, and he started working again. And as he worked the clay, I guess it was going the way he wanted it to because by the time Bishop Lewis was finished preaching, he had what looked like was going to be a beautiful bowl once it was glazed and fired. The metaphor was perfect, though. It was a perfect illustration of what God does with us. God being the potter who is constantly reshaping us and molding us and more, making us more into who he wants to be. No matter how misshapen we may be as we are worked on his potter's wheel. Even if we allowed ourselves for a time to be off of the wheel and to become brittle and to form cracks. In spite of that, God still loves us. He still uses us and still reforms us. Now think about this for a second. Have, have you spent much time watching a potter do his or her work? Maybe, maybe you've even done some pottery yourself. Maybe you took a class or, or you just enjoy doing it from time to time. I have to say, I, I've never tried to do it myself, but I, I find watching a potter do their work is pretty mesmerizing and, and honestly a little bit Relaxing. It's just really neat to sit there and watch. And it's also really neat to just think about the fact that those lumps of clay that they take, and if you've seen a potter make a, a vessel of some sort, you know that when they first, the, the moment they first put that clay on the, on the wheel, it's nothing special. It's just a, a lump. Pretty, pretty ugly to look at, honestly. Not a, not a good color and definitely not a discernible shape. But you know what? It's amazing to think that those lumps of clay, with time and with pressure, with movements, it's made into something beautiful. And it's also amazing to think that we are the lumps of clay on God's potter wheel and that he indeed takes us and he makes something beautiful out of us. Now the thing you might know about about clay, maybe you don't, is that as it's being formed on the wheel it has to be constantly worked with. It has to be wetted. It has to be um, constantly shaped. It has to continuously be moved. Otherwise it's going to start drying up and becoming brittle and it'll eventually start to disintegrate. And if they were to take such such a piece of pottery that's been allowed to sit for a little while and disintegrate and to form cracks when they put it in the kiln to be fired it's, it's not going to be good. It's going to be brittle and, and just not a good vessel. It won't hold water. And we ourselves too can find ourselves cracked. We ourselves too can find ourselves chipped and maybe even a little brittle. But to use a phrase that I love to say but God But God the great potter can take us and make us pliable once again and then he can shape us into who we are intended to be. So now here through the prophet Jeremiah God is bringing a warning to the people of Israel. And basically what God is saying is you need to allow me to form you into faithful disciples. You need to allow me to form you into who I want you to be into this thing of beauty The alternative is disaster. The Israelites throughout their history are notorious for their rebellion against God. We can look all through the Old Testament and even to a degree the New Testament and see the the rebellion and the sin of of the nation of Israel, the people of Israel. And they were in such a time yet again here when Jeremiah was given this vision, when he was given the instructions to go to the potter's house. Jeremiah the one at this point in history tasked with the the tasked with the job of being the voice to the people of Judah, Judea and Jerusalem. And the message that God wants them to give or wants him to give to the people is that their rebellion does not have to stand. It's kind of like a a hard-headed teenager surely none of us have ever been hard-headed teenagers. Well, I, I was one. I can tell you that right now. And like most other teenagers at one point or another, I thought I knew everything and my parents didn't know a thing of world. Thought they were dumb as rocks and I just could handle it all myself and I knew best. But there came a and it, it, it happens at a certain point, at least for most people it happens. But there came a point where something just went off in my brain, it clicked. And I realized, I said, you know, I don't have to go and do what I want to do all the time. And I don't have all the answers. Mom and dad were right after all. That's kind of, a, kind of the way I went at, at a point earlier in my adult life. And God is trying to have this same moment with his people Israel. God is trying to have that that moment where it clicks and he's trying to let them know that indeed their way is not the best way. That his way is the best way. It's not too late to come back and to let him shape them, to reshape them into who he wants them to be. Now pottery was a big deal at this time. And we, if you've paid attention to any kind of archaeology uh, show or story that comes across on the news, you know they find fragments of pottery on a regular basis. Because these handmade pottery vessels were the way they stored their food and their wine and uh, oil and on and on. And occasionally they even find whole pieces of pottery. Now that's a pretty rare thing, especially now, but it does occasionally happen. But all of that points to pottery and pot, pot making being a big deal in the society back then. So it's likely that Jeremiah had seen a potter do their work at some point, maybe at a, in a place like the town square, for example. So this example that God led Jeremiah to see by going to the potter's house to see the potter taking clay and forming it, and even making a mistake or something just otherwise not going right, and he throws it all back together and starts again. This probably really resonated with Jeremiah. Because God didn't want to just tell Jeremiah, I am the potter and you are the clay. He wanted Jeremiah to see for himself and to have a visual reminder of what it is God does in the lives of his people in order to really appreciate the fact that God is the potter. And that Israel, and really by adoption, us, that we are the clay. Jeremiah, by seeing the potter, was reminded that God is constantly at work molding and shaping us, constantly working the clay. Because under God's watch, it's not going to become brittle and unpliable and unworkable. You know, we say that God doesn't make mistakes, and I don't believe that God makes mistakes, for the record, but, you know, we might, we we do have this thing called free will. And that while God doesn't make a mistake, we can certainly make mistakes. And things may not go in our lives the way that God had intended for them to. Because we, like the Israelites, are rebellious people. We think our way is better than God's way. So then that question comes up well, if God is this great potter and we are his his work of art, his clay, the medium with which he works, then what if something doesn't turn out just right? Verse 4 gives us that answer, and I'll read it for you again. But the jar that he, the potter, was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump again and started over. You see, even when things don't turn out the way God intended for them to, even when we mess up, when we allow ourselves to become cracked and misshapen, thanks be to God and his love and his mercy for us that he will take us And he will form us into a lump once again. And he'll start over. He'll give us a do-over. He'll put us back on the wheel. He'll start working us. And he'll say, all right, let's try this again. But this time, let's do it my way. And it'll be as if it never happened. Those cracks, those rough edges... Those chips, they'll all disappear. God will reform us into who he wants us to be. There's a word for that. It's a a good Wesleyan word. Sanctification. Or sanctifying grace. Or perfecting grace. Wesley at times called it any, any one of those. And what that means is a a way that God's grace is expressed to us throughout our entire lives by which God makes us into the the disciples that he wants us to be. And let me just say this about sanctification. It's not a one-time event. And Wesley was very clear about that in his teaching on the subject. God constantly is molding and shaping us throughout our entire lives. It's a process. And what our job is, is to trust the potter, to trust the process and to let him shape us. And if something doesn't turn out quite right, God starts over and turns us into something beautiful. We have a couple of abilities actually that that earth and clay does not have. One of those abilities is that we, unlike the clay, we can choose to get off of the potter's wheel. We can choose to go our own way in spite of what the potter wants. We can choose to get off that wheel and we can choose to go and become chipped, allow ourselves to get brittle, to become cracked pots. And the cracks become greater and greater and eventually we can start to crumble these imperfections appear for one reason, and that's our sin. You know, sin is that, fo- that thing straight from the enemy that seeks to destroy what God has built. And sin seeks to destroy our lives. And sin simply means giving into our ways, thinking our ways are better, thinking we can do what we want to do. Not caring what God has taught is right and wrong, but caring instead what we think is right and wrong. And so that sin creeps in and it destroys and causes those cracks. But also unlike the clay, we have another ability. We can choose to get back on the wheel. We can take our cracked and brittle and chipped selves and we can put ourselves back on God's potter's wheel by our coming to repentance. By turning away from thinking our ways are best. Turning away from that which we think is good that God says is evil. We turn away and put ourselves back onto the potter's wheel. Back into the hands of the potter and trust the hands of the potter. And that's when God creates beauty from ugliness. Taking away that sin that's chipped away at our lives and caused cracks and fissures to, to, appear in our, in our clay. God's mercy and His grace restores us, and makes us whole once again. But the trick is, is we have to submit ourselves to the Potter. We have to put ourselves on the on the, on the wheel. And again, they also have to know that that process, is an instant but instead takes a very long time, maybe even our whole lives. And it also may have to start over more than once. But God's grace and God's mercy and his love are unlimited. So whether you need one do-over or a hundred, God is still there, still molding you, still turning you into who he wants you to be. And that's something to think about, too, is what is God trying to turn each and every one of us into? How is God trying to shape our lives as people, as a church, as Christians? How's God trying to shape me? Maybe maybe one of you sees something that I don't. But it's good to ask ourselves that question from time to time. God, what, or to ask God, God, what are you trying to make me be? How are we going to submit to God's molding? Are we going to place ourselves back on that wheel? Because here's the truth, Church, is that no matter how chipped or misshapen or cracked we allow ourselves to become I can't say it plain enough God loves you. He loves us, and we are His masterpiece. Each and every one of you is God's masterpiece. Clay, as a rule, doesn't resist the potter. And by that order, when we allow the potter to work, the potter creates something amazing out of us. And the great thing is, is that our God-made and shaped beauty can truly be something, if we allow it, that can transform the world. Let's pray together. God, give us the strength to trust in you, the potter, the shaper, the one who makes us to be more and more like you. God, help us to place ourselves on the wheel so that we can become disciples who make disciples for the transformation of this, your world. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.